Welcome to the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network, home of the Dresden Files podcast, 42 Entertainment, and many others. More podcasts like this one can be found at brokenjars.xyz. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everyone else in between, welcome back to the 70th episode of the 42 Podcast, where as always, we are talking about the failings of the late great human race, and the man who is about to take a shot, your good friend and mine, Mr. Ryan. How are you doing today, buddy? Hey, Jacob. Cheers, Cheers. right? Cheers. I'll take a swig of my beer. That makes us like seven times legit, right? We are seven x legit. Most podcasts don't even make it a seventh of what we're doing. We're doing it like harder than those guys. Yeah. So, so we the, thank all of you the, who have been here from the beginning. But now, but here from the beginning, you hit me up. <laughs> you, if you want, if you're from here, here, that's a concussion talking. <laughs> Uh, if you've been here from the beginning, hit us up, brokenjarsbroadcasting at gmail.com. We are part of the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network. We can find the, find the Dresden Files podcast, Great Scott, High Fantasy, Dangerous to Go Alone, this great podcast. It's a great, it's a great place to be. You could hours and hours every week just like listening to our ju- juicy voices. Juicy voices. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Juicy voices. How does the new mic sound? Uh, you're, you 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 got to be really careful with those because if you overload them, they'll shut down. That's why they're good good drum mics. So you got to be very smooth with your voice. So that's a no. No, that sounds good. But if you if you if you come too hard too fast, they'll shut down. That's why they're good drum mics. That's what she said. <laughs> right. <laughs> But anyway, how you doing, man? How, Ryan, how you doing? Oh, I'm making it. I'm actually getting ready for uh, the Renaissance Festival. Nice, down here in nice. Pittsburgh, down here where I live. The, uh, I mean, that's, like your, that's like starts. your Christmas, right? What? Renaissance Fair. That's pretty much like your Christmas. Uh, it's my Christmas. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely one of those geeks. I like to dress up and I like to go, but the party is why I go. We go from Thursday night till Monday morning, and uh, the campgrounds out there are, it's like a mini Fort, uh, Fort Knox, what the hell, what was that thing, Woodstock, it's like a mini Woodstock, lots of titties, beer, good music, anything else you wanted to partake in. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, you were, uh, me and the missus, we're going on a double date to the symphony, but it's the music of John Williams. So they're going to oh, be nice. doing Star Wars and indie and Jaws and all that cool stuff. So it's like, hey, like, cause I had a friend at work. He's a giant dork like we are. And I was like, hey, dude, they're doing John Williams. Let's go. And so we're like doing dinner. We're going to dress up, you know, do it right. Or, you know, ties. And I'll probably do my beard up and, you know, do the whole Captain Hook beard, you know, <laughs> twirl that up or twirl it out or whatever. It's going to be a good time. I'm a little scared to go, though. Won't lie. 
because with the whole concussion thing, like it's hard to like focus at times, and so sometimes loud places give you problems. So, well, at least you'll go crazy listening to good music. Yeah, well, I'm hoping it works out. Uh, it'll be the first time in quite a while where I've been like, okay, you can do this, because I've just been avoiding loud places here recently. But anyway, let's let's let's. Def- I cannot talk. Let's dispense with the sadness. Okay. I got a baller graphics card. <laughs> I yeah, got the you... four the four eighty with this eight gigs. I didn't even go with the four gigs. I went with eight gigs, like full on, because I was so tired okay. of my computer just like not working right. Right. It is for the price. It is a beast. Yeah, it's an amazing card. No, no, like it. This is how big of a beast it is. Like. Windows, just the desktop looks better. No, not not even a little bit better. No, like when the Asus, because I have an Asus motherboard. When the Asus popped up, when my computer was first loading, the first time I launched it, my wife said, "Is that the new card?" It was that different, just from that black and white Asus on the TV. Like it is. I mean, you got the like what ten nine eighty or whatever. 970, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you know. I mean, you're way you're way better than me, but No, I don't I think no, I don't think so. Am I? I don't think so. You you yeah, it's still better, but Yep, yep, technology. Yeah, I got the tw- 12 nanometer that new that new sexiness. Oh. It is. My for brother the price, man. I mean, for the price it's just insane. Yeah. Cuz I had two I had four two hundred two two hundred dollar graphics cards in there, crossfired, and it's smoking both of them. Yeah, like Those I I I, I to, if I don't know if anyone uh, you know does any benchmarking, but I did the uh, Heaven three D whatever. It's 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 a pretty common benchmark utility out there. The base version is free. Um. So, but. I did it. I cranked it up to like full tessellation, 8x anti-aliasing, everything. Still getting 50, 60 frames a second. That's awesome. I'm excited. I love computers. I love PC Master Race, baby. Yeah, man, it's it's fun. Like my wife, she's like, download me Bioshock now. Yeah, mentioning that, have you? Did you get her the remastered? It's free on Steam. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know, but did you did you download it? I, I've downloaded. She hasn't played it yet, which makes me sad. It's beautiful. Well, they really did a good. I don't doubt it. The only thing is, is that <laughs> the only thing is, is that if you don't go in there and, and cap the frame rate, it'll go to like eight hundred, and the game uses like the frame rate is like tied to the engine code so, and somehow so you run like super fast and like lighting effects go fucking nuts man like like a light bolt like a uh, lightning streak will do this weird like super fast like blink where it rips the screen in half and it's half black and white and it's flashing back and forth real fast and it took me a minute to figure it out but you just got to go on there and um lock the frame it reminds me of the old um wing commander games is yeah. their game speed was tied to the processor speed. So <laughs> which is totally different. Which is totally different. Right. And so as soon as they 
you know, six months later when new new things started coming out, all of a sudden the game started going like three or four or five times as fast. So they had to release a patch to slow it back down <laughs> to its normal speed. Yeah, Fallout 4 is affected by frame rate. Bethesda is real bad about using the uh, frame rate in their engine code. That's weird. It's not as bad as the uh, the poker guys who uh, use the system server time for their random number generator, and people figure it out and start just crushing things. Wow. Yeah, it was like it was early, early, you know, internet poker, like Paradise or one of the, not even Paradise. It was one of them. I don't, it wasn't. It was somebody, but someone figured it out that it was the random number generator was tied to their server clock time. And once they did that, they started winning like a hundred thousand dollars a day, kind of thing. You know, like the atomic the atomic background radiation of the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. If you use radio telescopes and you look far enough away, like it's just all static. <clears throat> There's a website that will generate randomly generate you numbers based off of that static. That's awesome. Which is nearly impossible to crack. <laughs> But that's some of the stuff now is like if you just want to make like a passcode, like a password, like you can make a password that's uncrackable. It's well, just difficult to transmit that and not have it. Well, if you want to talk about like passwords, like the majority of times that people get their passwords cracked is because the system gets cracked and not the passwords. Yeah, right. Because most, most people won't brute force a password anymore because it's just not worth the effort. Yeah, it's not worth it. But what I heard, like, I've had uh, different people, like IT people, tell me, like, the best thing to do for a password is think of, like, your favorite sentence from a book or something and take the first letter from every word in that sentence and put a random number, like, 12 at the end. Or, like, okay. And so it's p perfectly random numbers that you can remember easily. Oh, I see. That's the that's the that's the trick there. It's something that you can remember. Oh, yeah, that's how I did it. Right, but if you think about, I mean, granted, not every password is, not every uh, place you can like create passwords is good. But if you were to take just numbers and letters that are case sensitive and um, sign sensitive, you're looking at thirty six ran random numbers. And so for that, if you have something that is 10 characters long, to crack it is 10, is 36 to the 10th power to randomly guess it. Wow. Do you have Slack open, dude? Well, it's not open. I just have the app on my computer. I can hear, I can hear something popping. <laughs> See if it works. They're just the Dresden files is going. They're going crazy. My yeah, bad but yeah. So I mean, that's. I mean, if you if you look at it that way, and that doesn't you know include special characters like question marks or anything else. I'm just talking numbers and letters. You know, uppercase and lower. Actually, no, I was wrong. Yeah, if you it's like take 52. it's fifty. It's sixty-two to the tenth power. I mean, that is a very large number to randomly guess your password. So odds are. Unless you're just stupid, right. if and you get hacked, your system got hacked, not you got hacked. Right. Something you know, along. So, like a key logger. 
Like they got a keylogger on their computer and they just looked until, you know, when you went to access your email, then they noticed what the next 12 characters you use to log in or whatever. Right. Or, or, you know, they, I mean, a lot of times just, you know, pishing it, you know, DDoS attacks until they can crack the server open and go in that way. Right. I was, wanted to ask you this. <clears throat> so, does Google have access to your emails? Uh, if you use a Gmail account, yes. They can open it and read it? Uh, they, I think technically, yes. I don't want to misspeak here, but I think technically, yes, because that's how you get those you know, specific ads. So one of the things I like to do is come up with like these short story ideas. I never write them out, but I like to come up with like just a general prim- premise or the idea. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they're more like inspirations. They'll just kind of hit me. I was thinking in the future, you could have digital architects who are going back and finding like old email, like a, like an old Google, I don't even know how it really works, but like an old hard drive that has all these Google emails on it. And then as an archaeologist, instead of like digging the dirt away, they're like move, like imagine like they dig through the code until they can like translate it and they're finding information like treasure and information like archaeologists, like digital archaeologists. And I was just wondering, <clears throat> would it work that way? Is there like some key that I have on my side that allows me to unlock it or would it would it be generally crackable if you had a computer that could do it, you know? Um, I mean, code is code. Yeah, if you just have the the thing is, if No, well, the thing is, if the language is lost, because right now, most of our stuff um, talks through Windows, right? Or or OS X or whatever. But if, if, if Windows gets lost, coming into this information might be hard. So there might be, like, digital archaeologists in the future. Uh, I guarantee you there will be. That's fun to think about. I mean... You get, like, a modern cyberpunk Indiana Jones story with hacking and stuff. I think it'd be fun. Well, honestly, if I'm going to be straight with you, man, I think that in a thousand years they're going to look at... They're going to uncover old hard drives and stuff and go, Oh, look, cave paintings. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be like we're we're the cave paintings to some future civilization. That's all we are. Yeah, except that we'll have so much information from now. Like we all we all have Facebooks. Like I know some kids who were born that their parents create them Facebook and start posting baby pictures and post you know pictures all the way up until they can take control over that. So we're gonna have so much information. Think about it in a hundred years. You'll be able to go look at your grandmother taking, you know, body shots while she plays, you know, beer pong in a bikini. When she's 18, you're like, damn, she was hot and crazy. Well, I mean, so we've, we've talked about this a little bit. But so either we're going to be cave paintings or we're working towards uh, social stag- stagnation. So uh, if, you, if you go back and watch the first episode of, the, of Friends, you know, the great – well, it's okay, but – the, the TV show that everyone loved, Friends, and you watch the first right. episode and last episode, there is a marked change in how everyone dresses, how everyone does everything. But if you go watch other shows that are the same length, 
like How I Met Your Mother or The Office, there's much less change in how they look. I feel like we're we're moving to a point of social stagnation. Like it's interesting, interesting observation. So so we're we're getting to this point where like we're only looking backwards and not looking forwards in terms for, for like uh, fashion and stuff. I mean, we're still looking very forward for technology. I mean, whole SpaceX right. and Musk and everything else. I mean, that's awesome. But I mean, even now I'm starting to see trends. I remember seeing when I was 12 at work, like chunky heels and like the way girls are dressing is very much reminiscent of early friends, not later friends. That right. kind of thing, you know? And so I, I think that's something we might be moving towards where how we dress now is sort of this blue jeans and T-shirts kind of thing is going to be stagnant. Or what's going to happen is, you know, especially for men's fashion, you can all, already kind of see we're going to start going back to like 40s and 50s with the, the button-ups and I the ties and the slick back hair. And you're already starting to see it come back around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some hints of like, Wow, that's those are pleated slacks. I mean, it's like we haven't it's not slacks. like full on. It's just a hint, you know. It's like like reminiscing, like oh, I'm going to be cool by doing this, but you're just right. going back to the old times. Right, right. Like I mean, as as fashion goes, we haven't worn pleated slacks. Well, I mean, there was a little bit in the '80s when they did that, but they were crazy in the '80s. But we haven't really worn pleated slacks since like the '50s. You know, it's yeah. like it hasn't mm-hmm. thing and. You're seeing it now with like rolled up collars, even like at the bottom, you know, or cuffs at the bottom. Well, like, I, oh. and I, there's a interesting. This is weird to say, but there's a thing in beard fashion because you know beard beard guy here uh, is the the gentleman the gentleman's get up is sort of what's called. So we wear the button, you know, button up all the way to the top. You know the the slacks, the brown shoes. It's like the brown sort of bowling shoes with the slick back hair with the beard. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know if I could grow the hair. I might do it. But, but yeah, it's, it, also, it's completely different. That, bald is okay in that fat, in that. That look, bald is okay too. Yeah. Well, as long as you can do this. They have super well-groomed beards. And yeah, I'm getting my beard done this weekend. I'm super excited. Because after a while, it just gets, like, too frizzy. It's like your hair, if it gets too long and you don't take care of it the right way, just poof. At least when I had longer hair, it just kind of poofed. So that's kind of what my beard does. So I need to get, like, cut down and shaped and stuff. You have thick hair, though, Jacob. I had thick hair. You grew hair like a fucking bear or something, man. You had thick hair, black. But it still would poof. Yeah. It's like, I had the same kind of hair as my dad. But, like, if my dad, like, you see old pictures of my dad, he had a fucking fro, dude. <laughs> so, how long have you had that beard? Uh, how long have I had the beard, or how long have I been trying to grow it? How long have you, has your face had hair on it where it hasn't, like, had the sun touching it? Like, About how long have you two had... years. So, how long had your dad had his... When, he, and when your mom asked him to shave it on vacation? Like 15 years, 20 years? No, yeah, no, no, dude. Yeah. His dad has had the same beard his the whole time I knew him. I mean, I only known him for like three years at this point or whatever. No, no. But he, he went he, in his he, bathroom and shaved and came out a different 
human. I was like, whoa. I don't. And I was just wondering, like, are you to that point now? Like, if you shaved, like, how much of Jacob do I not remember now? Like, would you shave? Well, like, Holy be- shit, bro. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is, like, I remember, like, because, I mean, I could. I saw pictures, like, in, on Flickr and stuff from, like, pre-beard Jacob. I'm like, man, that's weird. He's getting kind of fat. Oh, yeah, for the record, his mom, like, cried instantly when she saw it. <laughs> She's she like, grow like, back, grow back, grow back. <laughs> it was funny, too, because, you know, it's like he obviously hasn't shaved in forever, so he's got the little cuts and the little pieces of stuff, and his face is white. White. Like, it hadn't seen the sun in 15 years. No, no, I mean, if if I were to shave right now, I'd probably look like I was, like, 14. <laughs> yeah, I bet so. That's funny. Just, just because of the whiteness. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it'd be smooth under there. Do you think your beard would protect you at all if somebody hit you? Oh, yeah, definitely. It has some cushion, right? There you go. Yeah, there's bit? definitely some cushion there. I mean, not I a lot, but just a little. Yeah, I mean, if it's the difference between getting knocked out and not getting knocked out, though, it might be, it changes it. Right. And, right you know, it's the difference between freezing and not freezing some days. Oh, do you notice the difference with the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like what? Especially now it's getting longer. Uh, Last winter, like our really cold days, it wasn't nearly as bad. Granted, I don't have a lot of tops, so I, you know, wear a stocking cap, but... Like, the face, I'm just, like, walk. Like, everyone's all bundled up with a scarf, and I'm just like, nope, whatever. Okay. <laughs> you yeah, know, but I'll, are... I'll, walk in, I'll walk into work, and, like, the, the, the edges will be frozen solid <laughs> from the snow. Like, those people who get in, um, like, a hot tub when it's, like, below freezing, and their beards freeze. Dude, yeah, I did I that. You... I did that when I was in high school. Like, I went skiing with my church youth group, and I had longer hair at the time. I just, like, froze it up. I was in the hot tub. I was in the heated pool. That's that's the difference. Because the hot tub, you get the steam. It's the heated right. pool. So, like, you'll do it. And, like, so, like, the girls are all, like, playing with my hair and shit. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. I this like this. Is, this is cool. Did you do that thing where you get out of the heated pool and go run in the snow? And, like... <laughs> cover yourself in daggers and then jump back in the pool. It's amazing. I, did, I didn't do that then, but so I was down in Dallas for this uh, software training, like, oh, wait, like six months after I graduated from, graduated from college, like early on. And it was March. And for whatever reason, it snowed like six inches in Dallas. In Dallas. Queen Mab had something to do, huh? <laughs> yeah, and so... We, we were out at uh, Colin. You've met Colin. Uh, we were at uh, at his cousin's house, and he uh, they have a hot tub. So we were in the hot tub, not just the heated pool, the hot tub. They were like going and running, like rolling around in the snow, and then like coming. That sounds crazy, isn't it? That's an, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an experience. We did that when we went skiing when I was young. One of the houses that my grandmother rented had a hot tub. Yeah, good times. Man, I'm, I'm, it's starting to get cool here, and I'm so excited. Like, I feel like a Labrador. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, this morning, it was like 45 when we woke up. That's actually cold here. Like, it's cool. Yeah, it's starting to get cool. Uh, the thing is, it's, <laughs> unlike the other times we've lived here, it hasn't been as 
as a smooth a progression. It was like 90, 90, 90, 90, 70s. <laughs> yeah. That's been nice. My air conditioner has air conditioner hasn't run in four days. And you haven't kicked the heater on yet? Nope. Oh, what am I saying? You didn't have the heater on last time I was there and it was <laughs> 30 degrees outside. We actually like, did. Oh, it's cold. You're like, here, put the blanket on. <laughs> His house, they like to they like to bundle up underneath. Well, the thing is, is, well, this house, I don't think we'll have that issue. This house likes to stay warm. So I have, I have the smart thermostat, right? So I've been oh. I've been doing like math with the uh, with all the output from it because I get bored at work and I'm a dork, so that's what I do. And what I figured out is to move to start moving the house temperature down, it has to be 20 degrees colder outside than it is inside. So if it's 75 in the house, it has to be 54 before it starts bringing the house temperature down. So it's huh. really well insulated. It just doesn't like this, like, it likes to stay warm. For whatever reason, this house likes to stay warm. So is it difficult to cool it off then? It, yes, it's very difficult to cool it off. It's been a very expensive summer. Been doing like 250 300 bucks a month electric bills. That is expensive, bro. Yeah, but come winter, we'll be like 12 <laughs> so. So, uh, how do you heat the house? A little it's space gas. Gas. Gas, central furnace, the whole bit. And we have central air here, but the heat's so much different than air. Like, because with, like, air conditioning, you need returns and everything else. And this house mm -hmm. built in, like, 1902. It doesn't have all that duct work. So the only returns right. we have are down on the bottom floor. And we have three finished floors. Plus the basement. I mean, we essentially have a four-story house. Right. So, it, you know, it's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, what we ended up doing is we ended up getting a... Because uh, it, it was impossible to keep our bedroom cool. Because we have a western-facing house. And the master bedroom is on the western wall. So it gets just baked during the summer. So we just got a, a window unit for the bedroom. And shut everything else off upstairs, so it would just keep the downstairs cool. It was actually really cool because uh, I got a, a smart um, socket. It's a it's a Belkin Wemo smart socket. Right, right. And I started using uh, IFTT T IFTTT. If this, then that is what it stands for. And so I set it up. To on the website to so every t every day at this o'clock, every day at this time, it fires this event that turns on my AC. So every day at eight forty-five p.m., it fires on the window unit. So when we, by the time we go to bed, it's really nice and cool in the bedroom. So it just came on every day, no matter what. No. Just during the weekends. Just during the week. On the weekends, we would turn it on ourselves. But other than that, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, love, I mean, if you're a nerd and really like doing crazy stuff, I like if this and that, ifttt.com is, is just a fucking playground. I love it. Like, yeah, like I have so much random shit set up. 
So like anytime my phone leaves a mile from my house, it turns off the Wi-Fi. On your phone? On my phone. That is cool. Save the battery. Right. And anytime I get within a mile of my house, it turns it back on. If it's off. Does it turn off your GPS when you get within a mile? Yeah. And then turn your GPS on when you're a mile away? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so it says... Uh, you have an app on your phone that allows control over it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have that. And also have, like, a special, like, uh, widgets. So if my wife ever asks me where I am, I can just click a, a widget on my phone and it'll text her my address. It just, it asks your uh, GPS where you are? Yeah. And it, and it, but it's set up just for her, like... It's set up just for that one number, so it'll send her my, my Google Maps address or whatever. Yeah, I, I thought that was a cool feature when they added it on a Samsung phone. Oh, I don't know if it's Samsung, but Android. You can set a widget up for home, and it's just a single square or single tile button. But if you click it, it takes you home on Google Maps, no matter where you are. Nice. Like, that's cool. I like that. I use that a lot. Because I'm always, you know, every day at work, I'm like, where am I? And I just hit home, and it tells me the fastest uh, way. Google Maps, man. I mean, it's getting crazy good. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, every once in a while, like, like if you punch in a restaurant, like, like especially if you're late, it's later at night, it'll be like, it'll be closed by the time you get there. Do you want me to direct you somewhere else? Right, right. That is so cool. Love that. Yeah, I use it all the time. I'll I know they're data, data, data mining the hell out of me. I don't care. But <laughs> I use Google Maps like Google for places. Right? Oh, yeah. So, so instead of like Googling like kids or kids, I'll pull up the map and then do kids or kids and find it on the map and click on that one and then go to its website from there. Or you can call it from there. It'll also tell you what times they're open, what times they're closed. If they're open right now, what their phone number is. It's cool. I... I yeah, Google Maps is the shit. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten so good. Yeah, you know that guy I work with, Ryan? Mm-hmm. He insists on using, he's an Apple guy, so he insists on trying to use Apple Maps, and I've sent him to places, right, and then he'll use Apple Maps, and it'll take him, like, to Katy instead of, like, Sugarland, you know, something ridiculous like that, and it takes him an hour well, to get the there, thing and I'm is like... Google even nerfs their maps on Apple. Like, it's not nearly as good as, like, the pure Google, like, if you're using Android. And, I... As much as I, um, well, I, I as much as I want to be agnostic about cell phones, because we've talked about this before, I've been across the whole spectrum. I mean, in terms of religions, I've been Buddhist, Satanist, and you know, Christian. <laughs> you know, in terms of cell, cell phone religions, but uh, like it, it will, it will be hard to go away from Android just because of the maps. All well, the customization, everything else, not that hard. The maps will be hard to lose. You know what bugs me the most about Apple? Is they assume I don't know where I want to put my icons. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, you have one page, and then if you have enough icons, it'll give you a second page. And then you can move them around those pages, but you can't, like, just have one at the bottom on one page and then have another page for another they've, app if you wanted. They've started to change that. Like, with, the, like, 9 and 10, they've changed it up. Okay. Well, then, that's one of the main things. And I, I, I know I might be a rare, like, I might be a small percentage of people, but I use my headphones all the time. All day long. Like, there's no way I could even use a wireless headphones. They wouldn't last long enough. I wouldn't be able to charge them. And well, losing the headphone jack is really annoying. Right, I know. And my wife, like, she 
she's had she was android for a long time and she's had iphone for like two or three years and she really likes it but she's like i think i'm gonna go back to android now i mean that's a it's a bold move and unless you have the battery to sustain it i mean that that's that's the issue with the whole removing the head jack thing is you have to have the battery to sustain an entire day and for most people just plugging in that you know eighth inch jack that's enough i mean granted you can see it but most people can't but i got a giant ass battery for my phone to make sure it lasted like all day and you know if if apple can't do that i think they're in for a rude awakening granted i don't but again, I, th- I think that changing the connector isn't the worst thing. I just I think they're doing it in a poor way. Because Apple has always tried to force their own ideas in connectors on us. Most people don't remember this because, well, one, they weren't early enough adopters. But most t- the early iPods had a dual jack. Uh, USB and FireWire. Most people don't even know what FireWire is. I remember, yeah. You know, and they tried to do that with uh, Lightning, which I think Lightning is still great, but they didn't catch on. You know, what just, I don't know. I, I think they just tried too hard to force their own propriety, proprietary stuff on it beyond yeah. the US. Right, I agree. I agree. Even though that lightning connector is amazing, it like is amazing, and I wear I, new iPhone. It's insane. You can put it in any direction you want. It flips over. It flips. It clicks in in like a a satisfying way. Like when it goes in, it's in. You know it. I just yeah. way better than these. Have, what have, you, have you seen the lightning ports on the the Max? Do you know what those can do? Are they ten gig? They can run. Three 4K monitors and charge the laptop at the same time. Wow. Out of one port. That one port. Like, I understand why they want it to be the standard because it's fucking amazing, but no one likes to go away from USB. I really don't like USB. And I really, really dislike mini USBs. Well, the new USB-C is just is universal. You, right, but no- not the mini USB. Like, I don't think they have a mini USB-C. No, no, USB-C is many. Oh, it is? Yes. Like oh, it, I... Yeah, the new, like the newest of the new phones are starting to be USB-C, and they're, they're you know, multi-directional and all that stuff. That's cool. My old uh, Note 3 had mini USB and a mini HDMI. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a long time ago. <laughs> when HDMI was going to be the savior of, like, audio industry no you could do video and video but now you can't run it won't run a 4k monitor and audio you you know the new us the new hdmis can not out of a phone but for tvs and stuff it can i know the reason that they use um they're using display ports on modern day graphics cards is because hdmi can't keep up it can't keep up but i mean for tvs you there's 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 4k hdmi for tvs and I mean, yeah, but that's... for for home audio video, man, that HDMI port was the best thing ever. It's like click, click. It was insane. I remember. I don't remember. I don't know if anyone listening was like ever tried to set up an old 
home surround sound system, but it could take hours. And that USB port came around, you click, 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 like three clicks, and you're done. It yeah. was, I remember having to run why, like, wires, and if you got them crossed, you were fucked. I mean, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, they had a left and a right on both ends. Mm-hmm. Get one of those mixed up, and it sounds like Wally's coming out from behind you. You're like, what's, what? <laughs> no, or you're not getting any noise out of the center channel at all. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Uh, man, yeah, we're, uh, that's the nice thing about the new graphics cards. It, it's uh, future-proofed me for a while. So when, when we finally replaced that, the, our 1080, which at this point, I'm like, I'm almost like, why not? <laughs> we were, I mean, Vizio, I mean, it's not the best brand, but it's, it's, it's a good brand of TV. A lot better than they were when they came out, too. They've gotten pretty good. $700, $800 for 60-inch 4K. You can buy a Sony for 800 Yeah. I mean, TV prices are just... Yeah, like every time I walk through Walmart, I'm like, maybe I should just buy a TV. Not because I need one, just because they're so fucking cheap. Like, like, actually, we were we were walking through the other day, and they had this 32 inch, um, 1080p, 120 hertz TV for 90 bucks. That's what I bought my son for his birthday. And I was like. I told, I told my wife, it's like, well, we've been wanting a second computer monitor. Why don't we just buy that? It's not a computer monitor. They're f- for most things, especially just work stuff, not gaming, but work stuff, they're as fast enough. Not, not doing text-based stuff, you'll be fine. No, even the text-based stuff, they're pretty good. Wow. And the new graphics cards will actually change stuff to make the text look okay. Uh, well, of course they will. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure that's it's got to be a technology. But man, like, I remember back in the day, people were buying those. Oh, know, and they would look terrible. But they would put them on a computer, and it's just like, wow, that looks like shit. Because you know, 1080p at 42 inches isn't that many pixels. That's why they get more expensive, right? Like a 32 inch that's 1080p that costs as much as a 42 inch. It's like, well, why? Like well, because they put as as many pixels as in that forty two inch in a smaller space. Right, but like the our we had the uh, an AMD card and it had, it will it'll recognize it's like do you want us to switch the text? Like it'll ask us if we want to like switch the text stuff. And so they they like all TV manufacturers know people are plugging in their laptops now. And it's not bad, especially if you put it on the wall a little bit. You're like oh yeah. Yes, spreadsheets, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I find the use for, like, the big monitor that doesn't need high resolution. It just takes, like, a, like, instead of Office or, like, Star Trek being on this little monitor here to my left, it'll mm-hmm. be big and up on the top. Right, yeah, I've done that, too. Yeah. But, oh, I can't, I mean, Grant, I work on a computer every day. I can't work without two monitors. Like, I have to have two monitors to do my job effectively. So monitor do what my per my per i so desperately want a third monitor you know I, no right now at my office i have three yeah I two want... of them i bought myself and took to my office like that's how legit i need it to be like because i do a lot of programming and it's not normal programming 
So what I have is I have my simulation model up in the middle. I'll have my inputs on the left side and my trace on the right side. So when I'm running, I can just see everything moving at once. I'm like, and I'll, you know, it's really weird because when you do it in long enough, you can start seeing things out of the corner of your eye. They're like mm -hmm. just, just the way the text looks, you're like, cl like you click a button, like pop over and you're like, oh, that's where you are, son of a bitch at 2.0789 seconds. No, literally, I have found bugs that I had to go 10 decimal places in to find. Wow. Yeah. So, but that, that's how weird. So it's like, oh, there you are. There you are. And everyone asks me, like, why are you? Because most people in my work only use one monitor. They're like, why are you bringing in more monitors? I'm like, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm sitting there, like, walking in at, like, 8 a.m. Everyone's looking at me weird. Why are you bringing your own chair? Because this chair sucks, assholes. <laughs> like, almost everything I work with at my office, I own personally to work with at my office. Because I don't want to wow. deal with their bullshit. <laughs> right. Because I got to be yeah. there eight hours a day. I want to be comfortable, goddammit. I hear you. I hear you. I, I, yeah. I'm surprised they let you. Some of those corporate places aren't nice about it. Now, uh, my wife's place won't. And I understand why they won't. I do understand why they won't. Because if it breaks, you can say you can, you can do things to get them to replace it for free. Which I understand why they don't do it. But, yeah, I came in, you know, it was like whatever and i even told my boss is like hey dude i'm gonna bring in two monitors from work and my own chair is that cool he's like yeah it's cool whatever so i'm like i'm trucking in with, with my monitors and my own chair i'm just like like that scene at a fight club <laughs> kind of yeah it was actually kind of that way i was like push this chair with two monitors on it into the elevator like hello <laughs> luckily they don't have elevator music at my work but <laughs> so, Ryan, what do you recommend for us today? Uh, I'm. I know I'm really behind the ball on this. Like I know it, but I don't think anybody's listening anyway, so I don't think they'll care. But Game of Thrones is actually really good. So give I it heard a listen. It got really good. Like what? What season okay, are you in? Got to be willing to get through. I'm reading it. Oh, you're reading it. Okay. Yeah, you got to get through the first chapter. Because you got to get used to. It's not pure medieval speech, but it's kind of that speech. It's old, you know? My grace, my lord, um, on the morrow, stuff like that, his chainmail. You got to get used to that kind of stuff. But once you do, and your mind kind of like goes, okay, I'm listening to a slightly Irish accent, and, you know, it's. It's. <laughs> I didn't want to admit this because I really thought that George R. R. Martin got lucky with like the idea of the story, but it's not the idea of the well, story. Considering he got... how old those stories are, because the first Game of Thrones came out like eighteen years ago. Yeah, 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 like ninety-three or something crazy. But it's it's not the story, right? This story is like. The same story you've heard a million times. It's King Arthur and the you know the Round Table. It's the knights. It's dragons. It's armor. It's that isn't really what is impressive about the. He is actually as a writer an unbelievable wordsmith. 
Now I know Alex thinks that he gets like forty. And <laughs> no, does Alex hates him. Oh, Alex will yeah. fight you. She will fight you, man. And maybe it's maybe it's that I haven't listened long enough and got annoyed with it, right? Because Lord of the Rings, I felt the same way until like I might be the only person on the whole planet that read like the first third of the third book. I got through the first two books and the third of the third book and said, "Fuck it, I don't care whatever happens to any of those fucking people, ever." And I still don't know what happens to the Ring, Frodo, Aragon, Elwin, of fucking. I Rashi. made it through the first do... two. That's as far as I made it. Couldn't do it, right? So I might be that way with the Game of Thrones. I might finally get... Alright, like, I don't give a fuck no more. But I will say that the first book... Like, Dresden Files, you can listen to Dresden Files and do something else, right? Game of Thrones, if somebody's like, Hey, man, blah, 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 and you answer him, and then you go back to listening to your Game of Thrones, you're like, oh, wait, what, what the fuck? I missed a lot. And you gotta listen, go back, because it's like every word is important. And it's like... I don't know how to explain this. It's like the whole book is exposition, right? The whole book is just information about the story and happening in the story, right? Like, that's all it is. But none of it, and I mean none of it, comes off as exposition. It all sounds like conversation or storytelling or explanation of, like, his surroundings. It's, he's, really, he's really, really good at writing. It's really so good. I, I how would you, like... Uh... So we, everyone knows we love Jim Butcher. We love Dresden Files. So how would you like compare the two styles? Um, Jim Butcher is way more casual, right? So Jim Butcher can, Jim Butcher can. You can listen to a story, and it's more playful and less important. There's the meat. Of, it's not as much meat, right? But I would describe George R. R. Martin as like all meat and potatoes good it's you know well flavored but um dresden is more of a full course you know you'll have a little bit of salad you'll have a little bit of meat and potatoes you'll get some dessert that's one of the best things about uh the dresden the dresden files is at the end dresden can or not dresden jim butcher the author will sum it up in such a way that it's like if you never wrote another book i might be okay with it but George R. R. Martin, it's all meat potatoes until the last bite. So I guess one is more a, fork, a full course meal, and the other one is just meat and potatoes. So George R. R. Martin is just meat and potatoes. Whereas, you know, like I was saying, Butcher. Butcher will have all of the, you'll have the sweet and the savory, and you get some time in between with the sherbet, and you can release and you can relax, and then you get the dessert at the end. Would you say that's book to book, or just because... You know, you've read 18 Dresden Files books. No, it's more book to book. Um, so George R. R. Martin, it starts off, and you better be fucking listening from the very first conversation that the first people have in the woods all the way to the end. Like at the very last thing that somebody says, you're like, well, you should have listened to that. And then it ends like, well, if, it just, if he doesn't write another book, I'm going to be furious. Where Jim <laughs> Butcher... Each book is more standalone. You can pick up almost... If you've never read any of the Jim Butcher files, you can pick up almost any of them. And he gives you enough exposition. Every time he meets Mac, he explains Mac a little bit, all right? It's, there's a little bit more fluff in Jim Butcher. And then Jim Butcher's a lot better at the dessert part. Almost, there's only one book that ends in the Dresden files harshly. The rest of them are kind of sweet and savory. And, and if it ended there, he never wrote another book, you could, you could kind of write it 
you could write a story that was happy and bittersweet, right? Right. Which Game of Thrones you can't. It's it's all <laughs> where Jim Butcher, you know, like some of the conversations that he has at the end with um like there's some of the books he'll end having a conversation with uh Michael. And those conversations are always ominous, but they're always super sweet too. Right, you know, it had his girl on his chest and the sword, and you're right, yeah. But it, you know, and I placed it somewhere close, so when I stood up, it would be within arm's reach. And then that's how the book ends. It's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, that's a sweet, yeah. So there's, Jim Butcher's more well-rounded. A little, um, what would be the description? It's a, it's a little bit easier of a read, right? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot more rewards in it. And I've, you know, so I start reading this Game of Thrones. This is one of the things that's frustrating me. And I start, I told my mom, because she, she read all the books. And then I told my wife, yeah, I'm reading the first book. It's pretty good. And she's like, oh, that sucks. He's never going to finish them. Like, people are telling me that he may never finish the books. I might not actually get, because apparently the TV show diverges from the books. But, like in season five or whatever. No, it's actually in six. And or maybe it was five, but either one, whenever they really diverge is apparently when Game of Thrones goes from great to, like, godlike. That's what everyone's been telling me. is like, it was a really good show, and then they diverged from the books, and it just got amazing. I don't know. I, I, I have no opinion, because I haven't seen them nor read the books, but I have a feeling that it went from George R. R. Martin's style of setup and, and disappointment to a little bit more setup and reward slash disappointment. I bet it's gotten a little bit more mainstream style of entertainment because they've gotten really, really good. Like I was walking through some other somebody's house the other day and Civil War was on. The the Iron Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's Captain America Civil War. Oh, Captain America, whatever. And I watched like an hour of it, like an hour and a half of it, and it's really entertaining. In like the most artificial way, it's like so. Fo- they've gotten so good at making that type of show. You know, right. they know how to push your buttons, and they know how to reward you with the entertainment. And they know how to be goofy, and they know how to be silly, and they know how to have these these moments of honor and these moments of betrayal. And they've gotten really good at that. Right, but the that thing is, is everyone they- tries to copy them and fails. So like, I know, right. I know everyone's like, oh, they they know how to do it, but no one else does. Like. DC is trying so hard to mimic them, and they can't. Shut the door. I don't know. I I don't know. I just I I'm obviously going to read all of the books that I can, and then I'm going to go back and watch the shows because I I want to read the books before I watch the shows, and I'll have a lot better opinion on this. But I have a feeling that they get away from this setup disappointment style that George R. R. Martin has. The best way to describe George R. R. Martin books is they're like waves. Right, so you'll have this wave of like, of hope, and like you're like, oh, this is awesome. If this story goes this way, this will be the greatest like hero story ever, right? And then the wave just crashes, and it all falls apart, and all the plans fall apart. It doesn't and, like, change. Things... It, it doesn't change. change. <laughs> least, I mean, least not from what I've seen from the shows. It just doesn't change. I don't know. I have a feeling that it's because in the books, it's in the books, it's really bad. Like, there are so many things that are important. Uh, that's the thing about George R. R. Martin. It, it feels way more like real life than most stories, right? Because there are things that you're like, that would never happen in a fairy tale. It happens in this show. 
That sword is really fucking important, right? He described you how important that sword is. It's been around for 1,200 years. It's the guy's namesake. It's blah, blah, blah. That motherfucker just gets shattered. And you're like, oh. and it's over. It's like, an, it, it's, it's like you know, Philokius, Philolo, you know. Yeah. Phil, mm -hmm. You know, it's like when it's shattered, you're like, holy shit, you can't take that back. And in the Game of Thrones, it doesn't get taken back. You know what? It never gets mentioned again. You know why? Because the guy that was a main character that held the sword gets his head fucking chopped off, and he's never mentioned again either. It's just like, oh, wow. And there's so many things that are just, that get built up and then just chopped away or built up and never mentioned again. Or it's like, ooh, look, this is the nugget, a promise. This is the true heir. This is going to be the, and then he'll just, he'll just starve to death. You're like, well, that's, that is, that is kind of like real life, but wow, you know, like. And I, I just have a feeling that maybe they get a, just a hair away from that, just a little bit, because it, that was what was frustrating in the TV show. And I don't know, maybe I just got to watch them. I got to watch them. <laughs> but it's a good book, so that's what I'm going to recommend. What do you got for our, our three things? You know, or, I had, I I had an idea for the three things, but it was kind of depressing. It was the three things I most regret. Oh, let's not do that. But... I want to talk about the thing I most regret. Not because it's terrible or bad. Just I just wish I would have done it. Ooh. So I was like 23, 24, single. And I was like, you know what? I just, I had a lot of, my first job out of college, I had four weeks of vacation. I had a ton of vacation time. So I was like, where should I go? Like I was sort of like I, w I was girlfriendless I was like I just I was like maybe I should take an adventure you know and As so I, I started looking around and I found this house like two bedroom house on the Pacific Ocean an hour west of Portland like 70 bucks a night damn like had a 50 foot like it overlooked the ocean wasn't on the ocean it like it was like 150 feet above the ocean with a deck oh. looking over it and I, and I found these super cheap flights and i could have done it i mean i had the money i could have done it and that's the one thing in all of my life is just not taking that week to go just explore and find myself alone hmm. that that's probably my biggest regret in my entire life well it's not the worst regret to have no i mean i there are definitely things that i could take back that would be easier for my life but i'm saying for that with that one thing where i really look back and go man i really really wish really wish i would have done that one that was the one i was it was this beautiful two-bedroom, one-bath house overlooking the ocean. Yep. With, like in this like little seaside town I could have gone and written and just, I don't know, maybe been bored for a week. I don't know, but it would have been really cool right. to do. And that's, that's, that's my one thing is like if, you're, if you have the opportunity and the money, go do it. Don't 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 be stupid with your money, but if you have the opportunity and the money, just go do it. I was trying to explain that to Ashley. I was like, on your deathbed, your regrets won't be that you didn't have more money in the bank. 
your regrets won't be that you didn't, you know, that you didn't have insurance or whatever, or whatever. It won't be that. Your regrets will be that you didn't laugh more, that you didn't go on more vacations, that you didn't get laid more, that you didn't smoke more weed, that you didn't part, you know, that you didn't have that one shot of whiskey. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Your regrets will be of things that you wish you had done, not things that you regret you did. I mean, Unless no, there, I mean, there are definitely things that when I go to that place, I will regret I did. But it was because of the things that happened afterwards and the just distress it caused in my life for years afterwards. Because, I mean, you get to a certain point in life and I've, I've got a, a lot of younger brothers and in my mind, that's about 17. Like, 17 is the point in your life where if you really want to, you can destroy it on your own. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know exactly what you want to do, but at 17, you can get into whatever drug, whatever, whatever. You can just destroy your entire life. And that's what I tell them. I was like, look, you're old enough to destroy your entire life. It's time to start looking forward and doing better. I really don't want a monologue, but it's just one of those things where, you know, it's just how it is for some people. And so that that's the one thing I truly regret. I mean, I have a lot of regrets that, I mean, I look back and they're painful. But there's also a lot of fun in there, too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean especially, I mean, we, we talked about hell. We talked about this back in season or episode six that was a huge regret for me but she was also really hot so (laughs) and killer in bed but you know it's just one of those things but like that's that's the one thing if i look back at my entire life that's the thing i regret the most is not not taking that trip and i know a lot of people wouldn't take that trip because they're afraid of being alone but I, I, I'm not afraid of being alone. I'm okay with just like showing up at a coffee house 7 a.m. and just being there for a week. You know, just talking to people, doing whatever. And so that's the, that's, that's the, thing, one, the only thing I truly regret in this life. Even though some of those girls damn near killed me, literally and figuratively. But... <laughs> That's the one I wish I could have just done just for me because most most of the time in our lives, we don't do things for just us. No matter who we are or how old we are or relationship status, we don't just do something for me. We're like, I want to do this because I want to do it. Damn everyone else. I'm going to go do it. That's one of those things I wish I would have done just for me. That's one of my, not regrets, but like if we're just being honest, that is one of my biggest frustrations in my entire life. I was living with my mom when I got Ashley pregnant, and I started living with her, you know, straight from living with my mom. So I'm 30, what am I, what am I, Jacob? I'm 30, or am I 31 now? 31. I'm 31 years old, and I've never lived on my own. Do you know how frustrating that is for a man? Like... Or a woman, for that matter. I mean, just... 
Well, yeah, I guess that it was a sexist statement. But, I mean, the reality of, you know, just, like, n never. You never got to be yourself in, like... I, you can hear it in my voice. That is a level of frustration that I don't think I'll ever get over. And it is a, not a regret, but a, a regret. It is. It's a... I'll never, ever get that year or six months to, like, find myself and experiment and explore things that... I don't have to show anybody or explain to anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I can just be myself and figure things out. Well, especially, I don't mean, I don't know if we have younger listeners, but for the younger listeners, like, one of the most, the most telling moment of your entire life can be shutting the door and being completely alone. Because most people have never been completely alone. You lock the door, you turn the key, and you realize this is yours. It is a big and terrible and frightening thing to do when you're 22 because that's when most people do it. Right out of college, you move somewhere new, and it's frightening. But it's also great. I mean, I, I love being married. I love my wife. I love being around her, but I also love just being alone and I'm one of those I don't know maybe maybe it's because I was homeschooled like you were but I just love being by myself uh, yeah I yeah well the reality is, is I just find it very difficult to find people that I actually enjoy being around <laughs> well that Most too but know. even even the people I love being around like I I I just I do sometimes miss just being able to open all the windows and clean my tiny, that little ass apartment I had that you came to in Stillwater. Cleaning it just by myself, windows open, watching the ball game, you know, just by myself. No, whatever. I can have a beer, whatever. No one cares. You don't have to explain to me what I missed. I know exactly what I missed. And it oh, I'm not trying to explain to you what I missed. I'm just trying to explain to everyone else, like, look, being alone is great. Yeah. It's great. Or at least figure out if it's great. Like some if, people can't handle it. If you have an opportunity, everyone needs to spend at least 6 months of their life living on their own to see whether they like it or not. Some people will spend the rest of their lives alone and some people will get married and or find a roommate very quickly. But to never do it is a tragedy. Man, I felt I felt like we hit a bummer there. I'm, I did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. You totally fucked. Are you ready to go? You need to work on your podcasting professionalism. Dude, well, I was kind of down before we started the podcast, and I got super excited, and I didn't know what to do. So, you should, well, we should have let off with that. Sorry. Give me a dad joke. You got a dad joke? <laughs> hey, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it's too old for people to understand it? This is one of the greatest dad jokes ever. A dad joke... A joke becomes a dad joke when the punchline becomes apparent. <laughs> right? Right. All right, all right. So I don't want to leave people on downers, so give me, a, give me a topic and I'll give them a three. Um... Best 90s, early 2000s bands. Like your favorite three bands Ooh. from like, like when you were a teenager. Oh, man. Like that's... Right, graduated high school, like right before you graduated college, I need three bands. Right. Uh, I know um, 
I know number one. Can I guess one? See if it's on there. Well, let Literally. me let me finish. Let me think about that specific time period. Uh huh. Uh huh. I I I got him. If if my okay, I I, I've got him. I've got him. But I'm talking from that like three year span. That just little three year span. I was thinking more like four years, right? Or four years, whatever. Right. Like ninety eight to two thousand two. All right. E six. Yes, number one. Yes, I knew it. It had to be on there. Okay. You said. I wanted to say cake, but I don't think it's going to be on there, right? No. Because it's a little too late for that period? A little too late for that period. Uh, like Dashboard Confessional? No. Okay. All right. All right. I'm out. What is it? Uh, lit. Really? I love Lit. Back. Like, that, like their Atomic the, album? It, it sounded like kind of like Some 41. Kind they of. But before yeah. some forty one with some forty one, they were a little more grungy. They were a little bit right. more. Right, um, and also MXPX came with a great album at that time, and I just still love it. Really, mm-hmm. MXPX, no shit. And, okay, cool. But like, and it, this, I it just pains me to say, but a close fourth is Three Doors Down. Like their first album. Uh, like three doors down, so title of Kryptonite and so. Be That Way and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, oh god, I love that album. Like, there's so many albums. I look back now, I'm like, oh god, that was just trash. <laughs> yes, yes. There's so many that I listen back on that. I'm like, well, that's complete garbage. Well, it was, or as my friend put it, it's lumberjack rock. And if you think about like Three Doors Down or Nickelback, it's like, yeah, that's lumberjack rock. I can't believe I liked Nickelback back in the day. <laughs> Dude, I still remember hearing Nickelback for the first time because we were in the car. It was it was September t- 2001 when I should have flown on 9-11. And we were in your that, that red, uh, it wasn't an eagle. I, it was, it was an eclipse, but it was an eclipse knockoff. The Plymouth Laser. <laughs> the Plymouth Laser. And we were like, hey, there's this cool new band. And we heard that song, we were like, you know, I don't even remember, I can't even tell you what the song was, but we were like, oh, that is the shit. Yeah, I remember. I remember. No, I gotta, I gotta walk, I gotta walk MXPX back. All American Rejects. Oh, yeah. I need to take a-, a shower now. But I was also living in Stillwater, and they were Stillwater <laughs> dudes. Yeah, no, 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 like, I remember I was, uh, I just, something, right? do what? You served them at Wendy's, didn't you? No, well, I did do that too, but I was like walking through Walmart. So, like, me and this one girl, we were really tight. And, like, we. It's one of those few relationships where it was actually like, yeah, we were just really tight. We weren't just like dancing around each other kind of friendships. Like, it's one of the few friendships I can actually say that was true with a girl. And, like, we were walking through and we met the lead singer of uh, All American Rejects. Like, at sort of at their peak at the Walmart in Stillwater. He's like, hey, this is my friend Jacob. He's taking me to prom. And he's like, oh, dude, cool. Like, you know, we bro-hugged. And I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> this is one yeah. of those random-ass things when you meet someone famous from a small-ass town. <laughs> you don't want to react. You're like, oh, you're supposed to be famous, and I don't care. So, 
You're I hope cool. this never get back to the guy. But who's that really ugly country singer? God, what the fuck is his name? He oh. goes to Melts and uh, he goes to Rip Tickler all the time. Oh, I don't know, man. I've seen, I've seen him at Rip Tickler. I didn't say nothing to him, though. He was just eating there. <laughs> uh, you know the guys who own Rip Tickler, their son won the Super Bowl. Yeah, he played for the Patriots. He was my waiter once. The man is a mountain. The dude was, and he looked exactly like a Disney, like a like a Disney animator would draw a high school like football athlete. Like it was like yeah, Brock. he was game. Uh, not from um, David Spade movie where he's a llama. Uh, uh, Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove. There you go. Yeah. Who's who's the big guy that carries the girl with on her? The bad girl. The bad. That he's um, so funny. Whatever his name is. Yeah. He looked like him. <laughs> and he had the same voice. You know, that real, that real man. And I think that's what people, like, don't understand. Like, until you've been around a big-time athlete, you don't understand how big they are. Jacob, you know, like, you know how big my legs are. Like, I've got big, giant, right. like, thunder thighs. His arms were bigger than my thighs. I was like, holy shit, bro. Like, his chest was, like, literally, like, three of me duct taped together walking around in a triangle. Like, so, Earl Campbell, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Yeah, the guy who could carry, like, four linemen across the line. He had 34-inch thighs. <laughs> At 32, I have a 36-inch waist. His thighs were as big as me. <laughs> like, that's something I, I try to explain to people. And it's also about people who don't understand how athletes work and how hard it is to be an athlete. Is like, look, right. the AAA team where, like, one of those guys goes pro, all those guys were the best college athlete they saw ever saw. Yes. Like, right. like the... To be a great athlete is so hard. Yeah. And we're yeah. really diverging. I don't care because, like, it is literally one of the hardest things I've had to explain to people. I have I've seen greatness in my own family. And yeah. they, they couldn't even do it. Or they didn't have the drive to do it. And that, right. that's just as yeah. hard as the other thing is. I mean, Ryan will testify. I used to, I used to hit 1,000 balls a week. To try to be a great golfer. And, you know, great. I'm in my college golf team at Division Three with no scholarship. My One of my little brothers, 14, hit plays par from the tips. I damn near broke my clubs over my knee that day. I was so pissed. I mean, great. I was also happy. But then the day he quit playing golf, I was, I was like, no, I'm going to. I damn near murdered him with my own golf clubs. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've played with my dad before. Yeah. My dad hasn't played golf in six months. Literally had to find his golf clubs, right? Because they moved. Had to find his golf clubs. His buddy's like, hey, man, we're going to go play golf Sunday morning at 7 on, at Houston Oaks. Which Houston Oaks isn't the hardest golf course, but it is a 73 par. Like, so it's not. Right, especially the from the tips. I'm assuming they're playing from the tips. He goes and plays. He goes and plays from the tips, and he goes into the 18th three under and finishes the round at par. And he has not played in six months. I was like, Dad, I don't know if like a pro golfer could not play golf. Like not like he doesn't know where his clubs are. Hasn't hit a golf club in six months. Doesn't know where they are. And goes. It doesn't. He doesn't even hit a bucket of balls, bro. 
Like he takes like three practice swings and then hits 72 off the tips. Yeah, I or mean, some, tips, some people just have it. Some people just have it. But that doesn't, even no matter how good he is, he would still have to hit golf balls for six hours a day for another three years before he could probably go be pro. Even on like oh, the seniors, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's the difference. Like you can have that much talent and you're still that far away. Go hit golf balls for 10 fucking years and come talk to me. Yeah, you can hit par without having to play, but that extra like three or four strokes on the hardest golf courses well, in the and, world. Well, yeah, and we're now playing them on the hardest because I've, I've, I've got a chance to play on some of the better courses. It's a mat. Well, we played a lot of pool and we played a lot of golf. Imagine golfing on that pool table with the undulations. That's what it is. Right. With, with pro Sunday pin placements. Like, they put those pins in places where I'm like, I'm not sure I could ever get it in there. Like, I think I would just I would just keep hitting it off the, you know what I mean? Like, they put it in places where, how do you fucking get it in there to begin with? Like, if you don't make it, it just rolls back down the hill 15 feet. You know what I mean? Like, right. you got to try yeah. or you go over the hill and then you're hitting downhill. Fuck that. Like, that one course that we saw in Oklahoma where the, the college kids play. Yeah. That Crash one Sunday Creek. pin play right on the other side of a crest, which was like a foot away from a, a sand trap. I'm like, you could never make that. And it was two feet above the trap. I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, you have, That was the most beautiful property I've ever seen. It's one of the, yeah. 18 off the back of the clubhouse when you're looking over that mm -hmm. 18 in the water and the tree. I mean, that's where well, the millionaires hang out, though, man. I know, I could tell. You could tell. Like, the grass was even expensive. I'm like, wow, that's not normal grass. You know what I mean? Like, but, I mean, like, hey, Ping, 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 yeah, Ping paid for it. So. Makes sense. Makes sense. Man. But I miss, I do miss playing the game. Like, because I, I still watch a lot. I still have my clubs. I, I got, I finally bought a nice set of clubs a couple of years ago. I mean, they were, they were used. Right, granted. But they 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 were a set of Callaways and but like I I want to play so badly, but I know if I were to play, I would be frustrated. Right. Well, what was funny is I went out with a buddy of mine, and he plays all the time, and he's like hitting these drives like two ten. And I'm just, I'm hitting my hybrid 210. And like, he was telling his, because his wife and my wife are like, they're, they're BFFs. I mean, they're super tight. And he was like, just talking all this shit about like how great I was. I'm like, no, this is just, this is muscle memory. One of the funniest experiences I had is my dad got me, or not my dad, my brother's working at a golf course and he gets me a job as a cart boy with him. And we're hitting golf balls with the the Club Shop Pro. For people who don't know, if you like, golf courses will have what they call pros, and they're the guys who give you lessons. And they, I mean, they're you know, pros. They, they work there. They're the they, in general they the best golfer there. Yes, right. And he's telling he's hitting the golf ball, and we're at the 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 driving range, and the fence is is three ten. That's the fence, right? And he's hitting it, and he's hitting the fence in the air, right? So the, the ball's hitting the fence. Bah! And it's bouncing off, and he's like, that's a big thing. And he's like, I'm, you know, I'm the best. I'm the biggest driver or whatever. He was, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was just bragging about being the longest ball there. And I was like, I've seen my dad hit on this, and he can go over that fence. 
And he's like, there's no way. There's no way. No one can fly that fence, right? And then, like, two weeks later, he goes and plays golf with my dad. <laughs> and on the 18th hole, there's an oak tree that's, like, 30 feet, 40 feet tall. And it's, like, 280 out, right? So to fly that oak tree, like, to go over the oak tree is, like, a 340 or 320 drive. My dad flies the oak tree with the... <laughs> <laughs> and that guy's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, no, the best the best single drive ever did was 440. Damn. In the, I didn't even think I put a good swing on the ball, to be honest. It was cold. It was a cold, wet Oklahoma fall. You know, it was 40 degrees, drizzle, and I thought I'd put a bad swing on it, and I just crushed this ball. And there were the girls team from Stillwater Golf was on the course. And I didn't think I could reach them and I I flew their heads. So I was twenty yards out on a four sixty hole. Damn. Now I, I used to be used long. To be... That one in up uh, in Arkansas? Oh yeah. Where I went around the tree. I was like, <sighs> I'm gonna go around the tree. With the seven iron, like no, no, I mean that wasn't a long shot. That was just like a like I'm gonna call it. Yeah, that was my best shot though. That was my best shot. No, the old my... trick was pretty overlining, and it had like a little like crescent moon kind mm-hmm. of shape. Right through that, and I'm a curve, and I'm a or what? What do you call it? Where it goes to the left? A fade? Draw. Draw. I'm a draw it right over to the left. tree. Yeah, and I like opened my stance. Aimed like towards the side of the thing and hooked it, and the thing said, and just went right through that little gap in the tree and landed like eight feet away. And it was one of those things like when it passed the tree, we were both like, "Where to go? Where to go?" And we're watching the green, and then it just dropped. No, oh. come on, man! Your so, best shot ever was with. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, but that Joe White. Not, but that's not really that great a shot. It was 150 yards straight. Like there wasn't anything. No, impressed. no, dude. If you would hit that shot on the pro tour, it would make. Sports Center Top 10, you were that close. You, you were so? like three inches away from the cup, man. Yeah, Wait, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that I mean. Three inches. And the, just, what was great is, <laughs> is the other guy had hit it within like two feet or whatever, and I put it like inside of that. Yeah, I mean, that was that was maybe the single greatest shot I've ever seen. It, personally seen. <laughs> it was a good shot. But that one, yeah. But I didn't really, uh, yeah. I guess you're calling it because you're hitting at the pin, but. That one around the tree, I just felt like it was such a. I, the, one of my probably my most memorable shot, is I was playing in college, so I wasn't in practice. I we like, I had a buddy. We liked to golf, so we would find the cheapest fares and we played like once a semester because it was like seven bucks. And. I hit off the tee and hooked into this like enclave, like enclave, right? So it was still fairway, but it was behind the trees. So, and I'm I'm 150 yards out, but it's 75 straight and 75 to the left. Right. So I mean, it's a full on right angle. I'm like, all right. So pull up my. Da- I mean, I'm still playing my dad's clubs. I, I forward press that fucker and I, I turn in the head and I just I I just bear down on that ball as hard as I can. It's like ma as hard as one of those things. And it went straight for seventy five yards and turned left. Mm. And it ended up like 
eight feet from the pen. I couldn't even see the pin. It was like behind my left shoulder. It was awesome. That is cool. cool. But I'm sure we're boring our fans with uh, golf stories. But Grant, if they listen to this show, they might like our golf stories. So who knows? But I will say probably my favorite times golfing was that little par three course in Arkansas. 100%. 100%, man. It was it was tough, not the toughest course I ever played. No, I could go back now and probably still shoot what I was shooting back then because I'm just more mature. But oh yeah, but no, I I played this course in Oklahoma, and it was like the fantasy courses you play in the golf games. It was literally built in a rev- in a canyon, so you were hitting from one side of the canyon to the other, and there were bridges connecting. There was no rough. It was only drop-offs. I lost 35 balls that day when I was shooting 82 at the golf course. That's how tough it was. That reminds me of back in the day when I was, yeah, when I first started, use a whole case of balls. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I was at the point where I was like, oh, I, I'll use one ball for the entire round. I lost right. I, uh, 24 yeah. golf balls that day. Uh, all right, man. So you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Bye.